Hi, everybody, and welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio. I'm your host, Albert Hardy. I saw something on YouTube that I was intrigued by. Pat Robertson got on there, and he says, I have some predictions for the next month, in other words, for the election in 2020 here. And so I'd like to see, I thought, what he had to say. So what did he predict? Number one, yes, Donald Trump will be reelected. And I think he's right about that. And I admire Pat Robertson a lot for what he is doing and has done and still doing in his, I think, 90s. And that's pretty amazing to me. But the second thing that he predicted that caught my eye was he said that an asteroid will cause the whole world to grow dark. At least that's the way I'm understanding this. And immediately some red flags went up in my mind thinking, all right, where's that in the Bible? Well, let's go to Revelation chapter 8, starting in verse 10. Then the third angel blew his trumpet, and a great star fell from the sky, burning like a torch. It fell on one-third of the rivers and on the springs of water. That's verse 10. Verse 11 continues. The name of the star was called bitterness, or wormwood in other translations. I'm reading from the NLT. It made one-third of the water bitter, and many people died from drinking the bitter water. Okay, well, how's that going to make the sun dark, was my question. Then the fourth angel, verse 12, blew his trumpet, and one-third of the sun was struck. Okay, so what was this bitterness, uh, Wormwood, what was that? That was the third angel. In verse 8, we read about the second angel, and in verse 7, the first. So let's back up to there. There are seven angels, remember, and they're seven, they're blowing seven trumpets, and they're about to blow their mighty blasts. So here's verse 7. The first angel blew his trumpet, and hail and fire mixed with blood were thrown down on the earth. One-third of the earth was set on fire. One-third of the trees were burned, and all the green grass was burned. That's the first angel that blowing the first of seven trumpets. Verse 8. Then the second angel blew his trumpet, and a great mountain of fire was thrown into the sea. One-third of the water in the sea became blood. Ew. One-third of all things living in the sea died. Can you imagine a fish kill that big? One-third of everything living there died. And one-third of all the ships of the sea were destroyed. Now, I can see how a big asteroid would come and hit the earth on the ocean and make all of that happen. It's possible, I suppose. But then verse 10. Verse 10, 
remember, says this, Then the third angel blew his trumpet, and a great star fell from the sky. Now we saw a great mountain of fire thrown into the sea. So this would be another uh, big body that was thrown toward the earth. And a great star fell from the sky, burning like a torch. Well, that's very similar to the wording, this mountain of fire was thrown into the sea. So that's kind of the same thing. A great star. What is this great mountain and what is this great star? It fell on one-third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star was Wormwood or Bitterness, and it made one-third of the water bitter, and many people died from drinking the bitter water. When it says bitter, it means poison. It's poison, and when they drink it, they die, just like a fly on a fly cake or something. Verse 12, Then the fourth angel blew his trumpet, and one-third of the sun was struck, and one-third of the moon, and one-third of the stars, and they became dark. And one-third of the day was dark, and also a third of the night. And I looked, and I heard a single eagle crying loudly as it flew through the air. Terror, terror, terror to all who belong to this world because of what is going to happen when the last three angels blow their trumpets. Whoa. So in other words, we've had four angels now, and each one gets progressively more painful and more disastrous, more terrorizing. But there are more to come. There are three of them left. Wow. So maybe this is, uh, is what Pat Robertson was referring to. I think that's a good possibility. But there is a difference between dust and smoke. Now why do I say that? Well, he said that the dust from the star or the asteroid would fall to the earth and cause such a plume of dust to rise into the air that it would cover the earth with darkness. At least that's what I'm remembering that he said. And you can check that out on, uh, on YouTube. Just type in, in the search bar, um, Pat Robertson's predictions for 2020. So this mountain and this star, they could be an asteroid, I suppose. Now, let's consider one other possibility here. What about all the space junk we've got out there? You can also find YouTube videos that show that there are 20, some 22,000 pieces of space junk out there. In other words, satellites or burnt-out satellites that are no longer functioning but are still out there. What happens if they fall to the Earth? 
Well, it could cause all the green grass to burn up. It could cause forest fires everywhere and burn up a third of the trees. You know, it could cause all of these things that we read about, even the bitterness thing. For example, what happens when nuclear power and uh, water mix, like um, the water in the sea, salt water? What happens? Well, I would say that the plutonium, being a carcinogen, is likely to turn poisonous and kill people, especially if it gets into the water supply, the lakes, the rivers, the streams, and all that's in the sea. And what would happen if it landed in the sea? What would happen then? That space station, the International Space Station that's out there, houses just six people. There are six astronauts up there doing scientific research and such. How big is it, you might ask? It's lacking one yard of being as large as a football field. And it weighs almost one million pounds. Actually, according to Google, the mass of the International Space Stations is exactly 925,300 uh, pounds. And it is as large as a football field, nearly, within three feet of being as large as a football field. That sounds pretty big to me, but there's a lot of equipment on board, and it costs the U.S., $150 billion. Now, is that worth it? Well, no, not to me. But um, there are other nations involved. Exactly who? Well, it's a kind of a collaborative, a multinational collaborative, including NASA, the United States, Roscosmos of Russia, JAXA from Japan, ESA from Europe, and CSA from Canada. So there are five nations that are contributing to this thing and going to and from. And uh, just what speed are they traveling? Well, it's about five miles a second. Can you imagine that? It orbits the Earth every 90 minutes. Wow, that's amazing. Now, there may be something from space that'll knock it flat. It, it may just hit it and cause it to lose its air compression and kill all the people that are in it, all six of them, and the whole thing tumble down to the ground. That, I think, is fairly likely. It's a pretty big target out there, pretty big. But let's move on to the fifth angel, chapter 9 of Revelation. Then the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen to the earth from the sky. Now, that reminds me of a scripture. There's only one place where I think this uh, is, is found, and that would be Luke 10 and verse 18. 
If you recall, this is Jesus when he uh, was with his disciples, and he said, anyone who accepts your message, this is verse uh, 16, is also accepting me, and anyone who rejects you is rejecting me, and anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Wow. So that's what I'm thinking this star was. A star that had fallen from the earth. And he, it says he, now, there, an inanimate object can't be a he. So, he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. And when he had opened it, smoke poured out as though from a huge furnace. And the sunlight and the air were dark, or turned dark, from the smoke, unquote. This is not a large plume of dust. This is smoke. Smoke is burning something, and it's carbonized and comes out in the form of air that's hot and goes up. That's what smoke is. And it would have to be a huge furnace for the sunlight in the air to, that would be turning dark as a result of it. So let's think about that for a second. What on earth could cause such a thing. What on earth, if something were to smack into it or blow up on it, would cause that? Well, I want to read to you something that I wrote uh, as a response to another video. And it's not that I dislike Pat Robertson, by the way. I like what he does. I like most of everything he says and uh, and such. But I want to be faithful and accurate and I want to know what these things really meant. We saw in Luke 16 or um, Luke 10 verse 18 that Jesus saw Satan fall as lightning from heaven. Satan is the former shining one or light bringer or star. Huh. Maybe it's him that he's talking about here? Well, let's just take a look and see what we can find. If we drop on down to verse 9 of chapter 9 of Revelation, we read these words. They wore armor made of iron, and their wings roared like an army of chariots rushing to battle. Sounds kind of like an aerial spray going overhead, like we hear every day. Or uh, maybe even um, a team of helicopters. Warships, if you will. They had tails that stung like scorpions. And for five months, they had the power to torment people. Their king is the angel from the bottomless pit. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek, Apollyon, the destroyer. 
Now that sounds a whole lot like the devil to me. The first error or terror, I'm sorry, is past, but look, two more terrors are coming. So we've had the fifth one now. The fifth one made the sun and the air turn dark. Why? Because of the smoke that arose out of the bottomless pit. So let's keep that in mind and go to the sixth angel. Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet, verse 13, chapter 9, Revelation, and I heard a voice speaking from the four horns of the golden altar that stands in the presence of God. And the voice said to the sixth angel, who held the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great Euphrates River. Then the four angels who had been prepared for this hour and day and month and year were turned loose to kill one-third of all people on earth. Well, at that time, there will probably be right around nine billion people alive on earth. Uh, And that's a guess. So one-third of those would be leaving, or, you know, it would be three billion people dead, leaving six billion people still alive on earth. I heard the size of their army, which was 200 million mounted troops. Wow, that's a lot of people. And in my vision, I saw horses and riders sitting on them. The riders wore armor like um, war horses and warriors. And they were fiery red, dark blue, and yellow. They wore armor that was colored that way. The horses had heads like lions. Fire and smoke and burning sulfur billowed from their mouths. One-third of all the people on earth were killed by these plagues, the fire, the smoke, and the burning sulfur that came from the mouths of the horses. Well, if these were warships, if these were helicopters loaded with nuclear weapons, these nuclear weapons hit something and killed them, made fire and smoke and burning sulfur come up out of the ground. Well, if they hit the oil fields in the Middle East, guess what happens? Well, we'd have exactly that. We'd have great fires everywhere, and they would not be able to be put out because they have a bottomless pit full of oil as fuel. What's going to cause them to go out? Certainly nothing we humans can do. But their power was in their mouths and in their tails. For their tails had heads like snakes, with the power to injure people. They had the power to injure people. But the people who did not die in these plagues still refused to repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. They continued to worship demons and idols made of gold, silver, bronze, wood, and stone. Idols that can neither see, nor hear, nor walk. They did not repent of their murders or their witchcraft 
or their sexual immorality, or their thefts. And that's the end of chapter 9. But what we, we miss on this thing, what we refuse to admit, does indeed involve several global threats. It's not nuclear winter we should worry about. It's nuclear super summer overheating of the planet. And why do I say that? Because the fire, if they burn the oil fields, let's say, just offhand, that Shiite Iran, who hates Sunni Saudi Arabia, even worse than they hate Israel, gets nuclear technology from Russia or um, maybe even Turkey, and along with it, the expertise in exchange, you know, to use it in exchange for fuel oil to help keep the Russians warm this winter and, uh, or, you know, whenever that day comes, it probably will not be this winter. But anyway, you know that Tehran, Tehran, uh, Iran, and Moscow are linked together with a railroad between them. Nuclear weapons can easily be delivered in one night and ran and set up shortly thereafter. They can be installed and tested the next day and using technicians who already know how to run it, run them and operate them and control them from Russia. So what do we have? We have a stage that is perfectly set up for this what we just read in the book of Revelation, chapter 9. If they have a nuclear exchange between the Sunnis and the Shiites, between Iran and Saudi Arabia, who hate each other, really bad hate each other, more than Israel, guess what happens? They're going to have some smoke, not dust. It won't be dust clouds. No, they're going to lob those bombs over those oil fields, in my understanding. I understand that because I realize, after talking with some uh, people who know about this, like the Brookings Institute, you can go to their website, by the way, and you can see pictures there. Just type in, where's the oil? And when you find it, you will see that some of the oil is already on top of the ground. It's burbling up under pressure, and it's in Iraq. Iraq, Iran, and Saudi Arabia. Mecca, Medina, Riyadh, all over the place in that area. It's also in Bahrain, Israel, the UAE, the United Arab Emirates. It's all over. It's in Yemen and um, Oman, and even in Jordan in places, so I understand. But you can go to Genesis 14.10, and I'll just do that. Let's see what it says there, Genesis 14.10, about these tar pits. Tar pits? You mean oil pits? Yep. Let's take a look. And yes, there are prophecies in the book of Genesis. Just go to chapter 3 and read where God promised that there would be enmity between your seed 
talking to Eve and the devil or the serpent. 14.10, let's see, let's, let's, uh, well, let's start in verse 8. Then the rebel kings of Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, Zeboam, and Bela, also called Zoar, prepared for battle in the valley of the Dead Sea. They fought against King uh, Kirialormer of Elam, King Tidal of Goem, King Amraphel of Babylonia, and King Arioch of Elasar, four kings against five. And verse 10, chapter 14, Genesis. As it happened, the valley of the Dead Sea was filled with tar pits. The valley of the Dead Sea was filled with tar pits. Oil coming up on the ground. Now you can imagine what happens in a desert when the winds or a dust storm goes over those tar pits. Enough sand will float on the surface of that oil to hide it. And it looks like ordinary sand. If you're galloping on a horse, you may fall right into one of them and not even know it. But here's what happens. And as the army of the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, some fell into the tar pits, while the rest escaped to the mountains. Unquote. So, exactly, that's what happens. Well, what happens if those areas get nuked onto fire? You know, the oil is on top of the ground already. And in several places, it's buried just a few feet down. A nuclear blast will easily blow that sand off the surface and catch the whole thing on fire. And if there's a, a big nuclear exchange, as I expect there will be, it'll not only be in Saudi Arabia, in Riyadh, and Medina, and Mecca, and, and those areas. It'll also be in Tehran. It'll be in Israel. Maybe Tel Aviv. Maybe also in Iraq, in Babylonia, in Basra, and other places in Iraq. All over that area, we're going to see nuclear weapons go off. And yes, I'm making that prediction based on what I see right here in the pages of our Bibles. Scary stuff. The stage is set. The USA has vested interests in Israel, especially now, with the embassy moving there. In Bahrain and all over the Middle East. And we will defend our friends with nuclear power if we need to. And so will Russia and China. You know that China has the world's largest oil refinery found on the planet. Where's it at? It's in Iraq. They have a vested interest there. They get their oil from Iraq. Now, we've got all three of those nuclear factions, plus we have the whole EU, all of Europe, which is turning into Muslim territory, by the way. 
They're going to need fuel oil to keep warm in the winters. And guess where that oil comes from? From those very areas. And it goes through a pipeline that is controlled by none other than Israel. So we've got lots of potential here. The EU has several countries that actually has or have nuclear weapons like France and Germany and Italy and such, Spain. I believe they all have nuclear weapons. And so they're going to protect their interests there as well. Israel has nukes supplied by the United States. The, uh, uh, you know, so you've got Russia, China, Israel, the EU, and the United States, all nuclear-powered. And we will see a war over there, in my opinion, that will knock out the life on the planet if Christ doesn't return in time to stop it. The good news is that he will. He will stop that war, stop the smoke. He's got the power to do it. He owns the planet. And he has a bigger investment in it than anybody. Because that's where he lived and died as a human being for us. That we might live. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Thank God we have such a Savior. You can go to my website, itellwhy.com, and read much, much more about it in my eight books that are there. You can also watch the videos. There's nothing for sale. It's all for your benefit. So take advantage of it. itellwhy.com Until next time, I'm Elbert Hardy. Have a great day.